Welcome to the Uptown Parlay Podcast. We got Ace, Ant, and Malik. I'm not the Harlem Sun anymore. I was see. I was. I was starting to embrace the Harlem Sun thing. And now you, told you me go not back. To call you that. On the last doing. episode, I yeah. called you Malik. I know. I didn't. I didn't recognize that until I listened back to the show. But before that, you were calling me Harlem Sun. I pushed back against it, and then I accepted it eventually. And now you switched back. So I'm fine with it. Whichever way you want to go, man. It's fine. We can go. We can go either way. Harlem Sun. You know what? It's perfectly fine by me. Just uh, go, go whatever makes you feel comfortable. You're the I, boss. I bet you you're the Harlem Sun when you're winning. Because I was winning last week, and I was even here. <laughs> yeah, you weren't even online. I don't even. I can't even. I can't even really count your picks yet because you weren't even here. So. I just phoned it in. <laughs> I can't believe I won for my sick bed. Come on now. Your sick bed. You okay? Yeah, I'm okay now. What'd you have? But I had some chicken soup, and I also I decided to kick everybody's behind last week. That's all that oh, happened. Oh, wow. You hear this, man, <laughs> folks? He has one good week. One good week. He wants to start off the pod with it. One good week. All what I had to do just get serious. That's all, your, man. Just what was your record last week, Anthony? What was your record last week? Quinn, you can read it. You got it right there. You don't see it? Well, well, how, how many wins did you have in week, uh, in week, in week three? More than you. That's all that matters. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anthony got all of 11 wins in week three. Ace got eight. And Malik got seven. Is that right? Nine. Oh, Malik got nine. nine. So I came in last place with another average week as opposed to my above average week last week where I got up on Ant by three. He got up on me by three. But I'm still one game ahead of him on the season. Oh, that's all it takes is one game. Actually, I'm two games ahead of you. On you're two. Season. You're two games ahead of him on a season, and I'm four games ahead of Malik. Uh, yeah. What is, it? is it? Is this a quarter of the way? No, it's not. You can't do quarters anymore because it's uneven games now. Mm-hmm. So we're three weeks through the NFL season. It's finally starting to feel a little bit like fall up here in New England, and we are going to be getting into. So, oh, anything else you want to talk about from last week? Um. The only big, the only big game last week that I that I think I hit on that you two missed um, was the Chargers and KC. I told you, Ace, the Chargers were going to keep that game close and could yeah. score with them. And not only did they score with them, but they beat them. So yeah. that's you know huge, uh, huge props to to the Chargers for taking down taking down you know the vaulted Kansas City Chiefs. And the Chiefs are in trouble. Yes, I may be picking are. against them again this week. I don't know. I'm not sure yet. You know who's also in more trouble and who looks super, super cooked? The Pittsburgh yeah. Steelers. And Pittsburgh. Yeah. I, and, 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 and the funny thing is, we said that last week. We even said that last oh, no, week. Wait, Ace. I, you and I, I had talked about I, it I on the show last week, and we both took Pitt for, to win the game. <laughs> and But we both said, like, Cincinnati looks bad, and, and I mean, Pittsburgh looks bad, and Ben looks like he's done. And we both still took Pitt. Because of the defense, yeah, yeah, that's the only reason. Who knew? It make any other sense otherwise? Who knew? Right. Um, the only thing I'll just say is, looks like what one out of the sixteen games last week, only five hit the over. So, a lot of uh, low-scoring games relative to their relative to their over/unders. Vegas won a lot of money probably 
with respect to that, just because a lot of people tend to take tend to hit the over when you when you look at the you know the way NFL NFL teams score nowadays. A lot of low scoring games uh, from Baltimore and Detroit to um, Cleveland, Chicago, Chicago, Cleveland, you Carolina, know, Houston. Um, yeah, it's just a lot of low low scoring games that you just didn't expect. But we'll see what the trend looks like this week. Yeah, man. The only teams that really went for it were, were yeah Sunday night, Monday night. And the two afternoon games. Apparently, the afternoon is when everybody's been lighting it up. I guess they're more well rested then. You know exactly. All right, we are going to kick this off with it is your New York Jets hosting the Tennessee Titans. What do you got to say, Ant? Wait, wait. You think I was actually looking forward to this game? You should be. Y'all got so, a chance to win every home game. I think you have a better chance than you do on the road. So we got the Titans versus the Oilers on this one. And what this is going to be a matchup of the ages. They're playing themselves, the Titans versus the Oilers. Titans versus the Oilers. Remember, the New York Jets used to be the Titans, actually. Oh, you know what? I forgot about that because I'm not <laughs> as old as you are. I apologize. Sorry, I, 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 I know my history here <laughs> when it comes to the Jets. I but... remember that 75th season in those ugly blue and yellow jerseys. Yes, yes. <laughs> But anyway, um, um, this is supposed to be Corey Davis's um revenge game, but um, there's a reason why the Titans got rid of him. And last week he kind of showed it because he kept on he was Mr. Dropsies. But today actually proved me wrong, and actually get out of this young team phase. I'm going to stick with the opposing teams. I hate to do this, but I'm going to go with the Titans in the under in this one. The Titans got a, actually a good team. They're just going to pound it. To, they're just going to ground and pound the Jets to death on this one. I can see that happening. Just still haven't established their running game, which is part of the Shanahan type of offense. You've seen it last week on, was it Sunday Night Football when it was Green Bay versus San Francisco? Both of those teams is basically doing that. That's how the offense is supposed to actually look like. But it's not. it has not been looking like that yet. So still, I hate to say this, but give me the Titans and the under in this one. I don't think they're just going to even score a touchdown again. Are you serious? You think they're going to get blanked? Yeah, I, I think they might get a couple of field goals maybe if they're lucky. Is the Jets O line healthy? No, the Jets O line just sucks. But oh, the, um, the person who's not not actually there is um Makai Beckton. He's actually hurt. Ooh. What happened was a, I think it was um against the Patriots. I, I think that's when he got hurt. When uh, it basically a lineman ran in the back of his knee and basically he's out for a couple of games. You know, he has that didn't he? Yeah, uh-huh. I think it's like a, a thinking after having even surgery on that. Are you serious? Yeah. Damn, big fella early in the career too but yeah now we got these horrible uh, don't yeah, even because, it's all right go ahead horrible so, ass players <laughs> horrible ass players there's actually wow. a meme that's going out that shows number 60 and 61 or whatever not paying attention when you know last week when denver just went went in on zach wilson if there's a prop bet going out there, mm-hmm. there should be a prop of how many um how many times Zach Wilson's gonna get sacked this week. He's really on the um he's really gonna have the highest sack. Total. And that was that was the closest game to Zach Wilson where he grew up that he's gonna play all this year, right? Was back in Denver because he's from Utah. Yeah. Mm. But anyway, he's gonna feel it again a couple, maybe like five sacks, but give me the Titans in the under this one. All right. Malik, what do you gotta say? Yeah, I don't really know why. <laughs> I'm just gonna agree with everything Ed said. I don't really know why we we I don't really want to belabor it. I don't want to hurt Anthony's feelings anymore any more than they've than they've already been hurt having watched this team this so far this this season. Um 
the loss to Carolina, I think, gave you some um, some hope for you know what could potentially come for this team. The loss to New England, you kind of expected it. Belichick against the uh, against rookies, just you know, always does well against rookies. I mean, maybe the four the four interceptions from uh, Wilson wasn't expected, but you know, you expected Belichick and the and the Patriots to be able to you know uh, do some do some do some damage there with Zach Wilson. Um, but the loss against Denver, I mean, look, I mean, nobody not thought that Denver was a juggernaut. Well, when they played the Jets, they looked like a juggernaut. <laughs> you know, they they have pretty much uh, the Jets haven't done nothing at this far to, you know, distill any confidence in them to bestow any confidence in them. They're zero three against the spread this season um, and they're they're losing, you know, pretty handily. You know, the one and a half point spread that they had against Carolina was was being generous because they were 13 and a half point dogs against um, against New England and uh, and. Uh, sorry, they were five and a half point dogs against New England, three and a half point dogs against Carolina, and ten and a half point dogs against Denver, and they were not able to cover that. Look, Ant's right. You can't you can't trust the Jets at this point. Seven and a half is actually you know pretty generous to give them again, uh, and it's primarily because they're at home. Because if this game was in Tennessee, you could easily see this being a twelve point spread without 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 question. So I can't see a reason why this is only seven take Tennessee and uh, play the under. Cause um, if, if it plays the way it's supposed to play, uh, Derek Henry is going to have 175 yards by halftime. And, and there's not going to be much, and there's not going to be much, much that the Jets are going to be able to do from a scoring wise score, because they're going to put the, put the ball, they're going to force the ball into Zach Wilson's hands and make him, make him beat them. And he's just not ready yet. And he doesn't have the, and he doesn't have the horses around him to be ready. So, you know, just an unfortunate situation that he finds himself in. Hopefully he's able to get out of it and he's, not too banged up and um and and jaded by the time the jets are ready to uh to start soaring again two things i want to say about this game before i make my pick zach wilson has three more attempts on the season than ryan Tannehill. he has seven interceptions ryan Tannehill has three ryan Tannehill has 130 something a odd yards 120 plus some odd yards more than Tannehill, and three less attempts and about eight more completions. So Tannehill is completing, I mean, Tannehill. Tannehill's completing a little more than 55% of his passes. Zach Wilson is a little at 53%, something like that. So he's not playing terrible, but um, he's starting left tackles hurt. His starting running back got hurt. Bernard Berrios is now his leading receiver, and he has two touchdowns on the season. Derrick Henry could literally get, if he has 150 yards in this game, he'll have 500 yards through four games, which I expect him to have a buck 50 in this game at least. And I don't know if the Jets even have the people to stop him, knowing that what he's going to do. I will say this. Nope. I'm, I'm going to take the under. Um, 46 points would be a lot. Tennessee doesn't score that many. They average 23 and a half points a game. The Jets are averaging literally about seven points a game. <laughs> So if that holds up and they just beat them, that's a weird average too. And they beat them twenty-four to seven. It's because they scored no points last game and they scored all the points in the very first game of the season. And Tennessee's defense they scored fourteen in the first game of the season. They only scored fourteen. All their points, like I said, yeah, fourteen. What? What? I don't know what they scored against New England. Was it Mm, six or something like that? Six. So if Tennessee just scores three touchdowns and the Jets get two field goals, that's kind of what I expect. So this is going to be super duper low scoring. The over under could be at forty-one. And I'd still probably take the under on this one. So give me Tennessee and the under. They're going to beat them by 10. Expect a 24 to 3 game. 
pretty boring. I feel bad for the people in New York who are still forced to watch this, but at least you get well, to see Derrick Henry run, run again. So you should enjoy that. My only hope and praise is that what's the name? LaFleur wakes up, the, who's the Jets' OC, not not the good one that's in Green Bay, <laughs> the rookie LaFleur. Hopefully, he wakes up. They decide to start Denzel Mims and actually, you know, they actually get creative. But good luck on that one. It doesn't matter if he starts Mims because you know what you pointed out that was most important. Makai Becton is hurt. Mackie Mackie Becton is hurt. You're starting your backup left tackle. No, we actually moved our right tackle over to the left tackle and, and oh. put, and put Mos- Morgan Moses up there. Fat decided to move over to the side. That's still not easy to switch from one side of the line to the other. Um, you know, Fat knows how to play the left tackle, but who cares? Good still luck sucks. with that. Good luck with that. You never want to be moving around offensive linemen in week four. Of the, of the it's real funny. Season. They're not the problem. It's our right guard. It's our right guard and center. They're they're the horrible part. That's where the sweet spot is at. Where you know where you can get all the sacks at. Just go right through those yeah. guys. They like pressure somebody up the middle. They tend to make a lot of mistakes. Hence all the picks and the tip passes. You know those revolving doors that you see in those nice home in Macy's and stuff like that. You can go around and stuff. That's what they are. <laughs> the revolving doors. The revolving they just doors. let them in. I hear you. Next up, I'm gonna go first because I'm gonna enjoy this pick. We have the Detroit Lions at the Chicago Bears. The Lions versus the Bears. Usually I get to enjoy this on Thanksgiving so I can get to see my team win at least one game a year on national TV. But this year I get to watch them early as an early birthday gift to myself on October 2nd. And the Bears are going to win this game because they are three-point favorites at home against one of the worst defensive teams in the league, which is the Detroit Lions. Jared Goff has actually shown himself to be oddly capable at times. The Lions are 0-3. The Bears are 1-2, which is the same record as the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, Kansas City is 2-1. Stop getting that wrong. Kansas City lost two games already. I'm sorry. It's the Pittsburgh Steelers. (laughs) I apologize. You're so busy trying to patch Chicago stats over here. Jared Goff has 800 yards passing, and there's five TDs to two picks. So clearly, I'm not going to sit here and say that he's the answer, but um, if quarterback plays the problem, he ain't playing so bad. He has to throw a ton, so maybe those stats are inflated, but, you know, he ain't the worst QB. Let's just put it like that. Your running game is a little stunted with DeAndre Swift. But the Bears aren't exactly, you know, running through uh, walls here either. Montgomery's got 200 yards through three games, and he started all three. Andy Dalton's not going to be playing. Jared, uh, we got Justin Fields taking the field for us again. Hopefully they have an actual game plan for him that doesn't involve just drop back and throw it a bunch of times against the pass rush because you know they come. The Bears line should be able to play up to the Detroit line, and I really expect them to be able to win this. Like, I wouldn't be shocked. Lions played great. They always play hard, and they played really hard against Baltimore. It took a miracle for them to lose. They had to set a record on a field goal in their home stadium for them to lose. So with that being said, I can't imagine Chicago dropping this game unless they really don't like that coach. Um, They may not dig Matt Maggie, but I think they realize he's playing for his job and coaching for his job. And if he wants to win, he better put a game plan together for Justin Fields. And with that being said, Detroit's defense is too bad, and Chicago's is too good for me not to take the Bears at home, given three to Detroit. Go ahead, Malik. You know, getting being a three-point favorite at home means that Vegas thinks that these two teams are exactly even. It means it means that these two teams are exactly even. On a neutral field, this would be a pick 'em. 
There's a reason why that's the case, because you guys are starting a rookie quarterback who probably has a little bit of brain damage from the nine sacks that he took last week. And not for nothing, you're playing against the Detroit Lions team that, I, like I said last week, only seems to understand how to play half of a football game, not the entire football game, just half of it. And so if they're able to take, you know, the first quarter and maybe the fourth quarter and play those two really, really well, and they can just get, you know, sneak by by being really, really super bad in the third quarter and the second quarter, um, Chicago's offense just may not be good enough to, to take full advantage of it. Because when Detroit, like, finally gets hot and decides that they want to score some points, um, they may just be close enough to be able to actually cover or to be able to um, to 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 even eke out a win. Look, this team is not going to go zero and seventeen. Um, Detroit, they they play too hard. They are uh, in every game. They are fighting and clawing and scratching as much as much as they possibly can, and they're taking over the the mindset of their of their head coach. Uh, I gave them, them kneecaps. I give them all the credit in the world for, you know, what they did to come back in that game against Baltimore. I did not expect them to get, I didn't expect them to take the lead as much as I, as much as, you know, as much as even trying, even being close enough to win the game. They executed really well. Late. It was, it was very late. Um, They played, they played, no, no, no. Yeah. But they played good. They actually played good defense over the course of the game. That game could have been a, a real blowout if Lamar Jackson had hit even two of the the big throws that he that he missed out on, we had they had I think three drops from Marquise Brown during that game uh-huh. um, on 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 you know big plays. He had a drop from Mark Andrews on a big play. So that game, you know, it wasn't that the Detroit's defense played well. It was that you know obviously you know honestly like Baltimore missed on a lot of opportunities that they probably would have hit on in, in a regular situation, and that game could have gotten really out of hand. Um, so that said. Uh, I'm going to take Detroit here to cover uh, and and to cover with the points. Uh, again, Chicago's not Baltimore. Chicago is not um, uh, the other two teams that Detroit has played um, in San Francisco and Green Bay. Uh, Chicago is from an offensive perspective. They're not very good right now. Well, and I'm part so, of Green Bay, I'd say. They're not very good right now. And so <laughs> the expectation here is that it's going to be a low scoring game. And as if it's a low-scoring game, then I'm going to trend towards the team that's playing hard and doing doing the absolute doing the absolute most to try to get a win for their head coach, and that's not the Chicago Bears. So I'm going to take the Lions to cover, and I'm going to take the under here as well. I think this game plays plays down to a, a score of you know maybe something like you know uh, 21 21 24 or something like that. So I'm going to take the Lions to cover and uh, the under. All right, and. Um, there's no shock or surprise that you guys pick your teams on this one, but um, <laughs> I'm definitely going to take the under in this one. Um, I've said this to you a couple of times, Ace. Um, Matt Nagy should have been fired last year. I do not trust this guy. Um, that said, I do like Justin Fields, but uh, the Detroit, Detroit to me is a, a good fighting team. Belief said it best. They are taking the um, they are taking the, the personality of a coach. Bite, yeah. Give me, be, give, give me the, give me the lines on this one. Biting, biting them in the kneecaps, man. They go, they gonna fight to tooth and nail on this one. I'm sorry to say, I can see Justin Fields getting as many sacks as Zach Wilson this week. So uh, give me, give me the lines in this one, and give me the under. All right. Look, when they, I mean, we won't get a lot of sacks, and we, and we probably won't pick the ball. We've only got one interception all season, so you know. Oh. Dude, no, this no. is not going to be 
it's not going to be a great defensive game. I just don't think either team is going to score very well. The, th- the thing is that it's not going to be sacks by design. It's going to be sacks by design because Matt Nagy's a screw-up and he's going to get Justin Fields <laughs> in the wrong spot. Uh, like I keep saying, this guy should not have never been the coach this year. I'm sorry. You bring in, you bring in Justin Fields, you start over with a better um, um, coach. You got to start all over again. I'd like this to point guy, out. No, you're right. You're, I, I hear you 100%. I'd like to point out two things, though. The Bears gave up nine sacks last week. Um, Cleveland has one of the best defensive lines in the league, seriously. But the Bears also got five sacks last week, and they had zero turnovers. So even with all those sacks, Justin Fields never gave up the ball. He never threw a pick. He never fumbled. So if he can go through nine sacks and not turn over the ball, I'm pretty sure he can manage Detroit if he played a much tougher defensive line last week on the road, and now he's at home. I'm just hoping Justin Fields just survives this year because, you know, he yeah. deserves better. He really I, I agree deserves with better. That. Just, just a note, Ace. Lineman, real, real tough. Just, just a note, Ace. Matt Nagy has yet to actually name Justin Fields as the starter this week. So I'm just, just throwing it out there. He hasn't not actually said who's that's the starting true. quarterback this week. That's true. As far as I know, what's his name? We'll um, see. <laughs> yeah. And oh, Danny. And that's why he should be fired. Returning from IR and he practiced in full today. So that matters. They're going to have their starting. Uh, the other starting outside linebacker or inside linebacker along with Roquan Smith and Khalil Mack and Robert Woods, not Robert Woods, Quinn, Robert Quinn. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, listen, whether Fields plays or Dalton plays, I can't imagine Dalton plays the whole game. Um, maybe the game plans that he put together were all for Dalton and not for Fields, but I can't believe you can't figure out how to use a guy like that on your team. But then again, you know, I'm not an NFL analyst or a coach. So what do I know? You know, I'm just a fan who's been watching football for 30 years. So that being said, I'm moving on to Miami, Indianapolis. Indianapolis is 0-3. Miami is 1-2. I am taking Indianapolis, getting points on the road. Um, Tua Tagovailoa is still on IR. I don't have faith in Jacoby Brissett. And I don't think Indianapolis is that bad. And I think they can play up to the level of Miami. Miami has a lot of good talent on offense and so-so on defense. They lost last week, and I think they're going to lose again at home. They're giving two and a half to Indy, so I'm going to take Indy, and I'm going to take the over on this one. Go ahead, Ant. Um, yeah, it's going to be the Jacoby Brissett revenge game. Everybody's getting a lot of revenge games this week, but anyway, Jacob, is it going to be Jacoby's turn? Yeah, he's not going to get that revenge. The Colts are going to win, going to win this. I'm going to go – I think you said Colts in the under, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to no, go Colts with Colts in the over. I said – I'm sorry, I said Colts in the over. Okay, but I'm gonna, I'm going to take the Colts as well, but I'm going to take it in the under – I do not think um, the Dolphins is going to actually, you know, keep up with the score and this one to actually make it make it like a game to even be on the, in the over. So give me the Colts in the under on this one. I will give them credit. Last week they had it was fourteen to two in the first quarter last week, and then after that they just decided not to do anything and ended up losing in overtime to the Raiders. So I don't know. Maybe they're better than I think, and they were on the road. So. Who knows? Go ahead, Malik. So one of these teams is 0-3, and and one of these teams is 1-2. One of these teams has an actual victory on the the season, and that team is not the Indianapolis Colts. It is the Miami Dolphins, and the Miami Dolphins are at home. Um, It's a a one-and-a-half-point spread, so you just need Miami to win by a field goal. You need Miami to do what they're supposed to do at home and hold for it. Jacoby Brissett may not be special, in terms of him as a quarterback, but he's not likely to 
you know, make mistakes. He's not likely to throw a lot of interceptions. He's not likely to put Miami in bad situations offensively, bad field position, give them an opportunity to play some defense. And Indianapolis has shown nothing thus far to show that they are ready to take any kind of a step forward. They have taken clearly a, a huge step back. And Carson Wentz is still not uh, not not out there and not fully. And when he is out there, he's not fully healthy. So I don't see how we can take it, how I can take Indianapolis with any full confidence, especially on the road in Miami. So I'm going to take Miami and um, I will take the uh, the over as well, just because 43 and a half is, 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 is pretty low. And neither one of these defenses is um, it has anything to write home about in terms of like stopping one another. So I think this game gets into the twenties uh, on both sides and I'll take the, I'll take uh, Miami to cover. Well, the only team Miami has beaten is uh, New England. And that's because dude fumbled. They won. A win is a win. You're right. And Indianapolis doesn't have one. And so had to play Seattle. They had to play the Rams and they had to play Tennessee. Uh, yep. Yeah. And Seattle's one and two. And they've they've lost. Uh, I'm sorry, they're two and one. Um, the Rams are who they are, and we'll talk about them later. And Tennessee is good. I'm not saying that the Indianapolis has played has played good teams, and Miami hasn't. I'm saying that the the reality of the situation is there's a win there, and Miami's at home, and this is this is their opportunity to kind of uh, erase what happened to them in their home opener against Buffalo. Uh, when they got beat 35 nothing, so I expect them to play a much better game and 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 to at least you know come out come out of this with a victory. So that's where I'm leaning. All right. Next up, we got Cleveland and Minnesota. I am taking Cleveland off top. Cleveland is giving two points to Minnesota on the road. Minnesota is a home underdog, and the over under for this is 53 and a half. I could I I see that because the Dolphins Dolphins the Vikings have been giving up a ton of points. And last week they combined to score 47 points. So against the Seahawks at home the week before they lost 34, 33. And the first week they lost to Cincinnati 24, 27. And I see this score somewhere being around that Cincinnati game, except I just see them on the wrong end of it again, probably losing 28 to 24 with Cleveland taking the win, which will hit the over with 56 points. So give me Cleveland and the over on the road. They're good in a dome, and even with taking five sacks, they were still able to put up 26 points on the Bears. So they can overcome the Bears' defense. They can overcome Minnesota's defense. Give me Cleveland on the road. And I think they're getting Odell Beckham back too, correct? I think, yeah. So that's definitely going to make them a more dangerous team because they're going to have to account for him and the coverage. Go ahead, Ant. Yeah, I'm taking Cleveland over in this one as well. Um, they, they, they have, oh, a, this is my first a, lock of the week. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, that's all right. Um, they Cleveland's definitely got to arsenal weapons. They definitely got so much talent on offense and defense. It's very hard to pick against them. And I just don't like Kirk Cousins. So, you know, how you like that? <laughs> <laughs> Give me Cleveland over. <laughs> I'm done. I believe. <laughs> you know, People don't like Kirk Cousins. People on this show don't like Kirk Cousins, and I get it. I respect um, that he gets the bag, but aside from but, that, like he's a he's a legend at the bank. Kirk Cousins is third in the NFL right now in QBR. Third, okay. thirty run, okay. You say what you want, and he lost Stati- to Joe Burrow. St- statistically, he is doing very well. He is uh, he's completing 73 percent of his, but almost 74 percent of his passes. 
He's got nine. He's got nine touchdowns to zero interceptions. He has not thrown a pick this season thus far. This is this this is the best version of Kirk Cousins that anybody could be asking for, and nobody's saying anything about it because they're one and two because he's Kirk Cousins and everybody nobody nobody respects him. So I get it. I completely understand this. Um, in in you know conversely, Baker Mayfield, who's leading who who is leading a two and one the two and one uh, Cleveland team that we just talked about, is also completing seventy three percent of his passes, two touchdowns to two interceptions. He's got seven hundred eighty yards passing. I mean, he's having a relatively normal uh, year, relatively pedestrian year. But if you had to go quarterback versus quarterback in this, Kirk Cousins is playing, you know, much better, a much better quarterback than uh, Baker Mayfield, uh, you know, this season. Um, and so to me, you know, this is this is one of those games is just really interesting because Minnesota can score. They, their defense has not yet stepped up. People expected this defense to be a lot better. It's Mike Zimmer, coach team, um, and he's always been known for his defense. But offensively, this team can score. I think the biggest question for me here is whether or not Dalvin Cook is going to play. Uh, it sounds like he is still out. Uh, and because of that, I trend towards I trend towards Cleveland uh, here just to be able to do what they do with the ball control, with, with the combination of Chubb and Hunt. And um, you know, being able to make some timely plays on offense, they don't they don't put their put their put their offense in bad situations. And so, I'm going to lean Cleveland here with you guys, but I would not be surprised if Minnesota um, keeps this close and even wins this game outright. Because um, if Kirk Cousins is is just shown one thing is that he can he can play when the lights are not on and this game is not good. The lights will not be on for this game. Nobody's going to be paying attention to this game outside of people from the two respective cities. And so uh, I would not be surprised if Minnesota does does eke out a victory here. And um, but I'm, I'm going to pick Cleveland just for just for the sake of uh, you know picking here. Minnesota's problem is their starting corners are Patrick Peterson and Bashad Breeland, and they have not been doing a very good job of covering people. The best they did was last week when they stopped. Um, well, they stopped the wide receivers at uh, – they held down DJ – DK Metcalf. DJ Metcalf. They stopped Met, Metcalf, and they also stopped – why do I always forget his name? Tyler. Is it Tyler? Too many Tylers in the NFL. Tyler Lockett. Seahawks. Tyler Lockett. Thank you. They stopped the Seahawks, and they only gave up one touchdown, I think, to each of them. So that was the best they did, and the offense finally came through. Everson Griffin was about – was able to get some pressure. But um, Kirk Cousins does not play well under pressure. And it's just that Cleveland rush, man. Like they sacked one rookie nine times. And if Cousins gets rid of the ball, he's going to be forced into bad decisions. This is the best he's played through three games ever. So it's either I think he's going to continue to play great and have the greatest progression in his career he's ever had, or he regresses to the mean. And, you know, his best year was 2019. We had 30 touchdowns and 10 and 10 TDs. And that was when he had Stephon Diggs. He has Justin Jefferson. So maybe Jefferson can keep performing, but I don't know, man. I don't, I don't see it happening. I mean, I, I get it. I understand it. And like I said, I am picking Cleveland here. I may wind up ch- changing my pick at some point. I may wind up changing my pick before Sunday, but right now I'm picking Cleveland along with you guys. But again, it's just, it wouldn't shock me if Minnesota uh, covered and Dempster wouldn't shock me if they won. All right. Well, with that being said, I'm going to take Cleveland as my lock of the week now. Because that's how I'm going. How's that? You already have them as a lock, so you're good. Oh, okay, good. Good, good, good. Next up, we got uh, Washington football team at the Atlanta Falcons. With Cordero Patterson playing amazing. The Falcons are underdogs at home, getting one and a half. 
Washington football team is not that good on offense. Atlanta's good enough on defense, I think, to literally just win this game by one point. The over-under is 48 and a half. I'm going to take just under. I think Atlanta has a little – well, they don't have a little bit more talent. They probably have equal talent. They got Chase Young, and it appears to be that's it. Montez Sweat is not playing great. The rest of their defense isn't playing great, and they're not really covering that well. Calvin Ridley can play, and the rookie out of Florida, Kyle Trask. Pitts. Kyle Pitts. Kyle Trask is the quarterback. Kyle Pitts out of Florida. He is killing it at tight end for them. So I really see Atlanta taking this game easy at home, getting points. Give me Atlanta for the win. And and go ahead. Well, Kyle Pitts is definitely a monster. I wanted him on the Jets before um, they decided to move on. But um, as far as for this game, give me the Washington football team. I can't believe I'm saying this because I was um, getting them all last year with their horrible name, and they're still carrying it over this year. They still may leave that as a name, you know. Yeah. And I might leave that as one of my fantasy names, too, but, but you know, put the Texans team. But anyway, um, give me the Washington football team and the over in this one. I can see the Falcons is not really all that good, in my opinion. Neither and I can't Washington. Get, huh? Neither is Washington. These are two unlikely one and two teams. They're very likely one and two teams, I should yeah, say. Yeah, but what? Washington is actually a little bit quite more of a team to me, in my opinion, and... I don't know. I just don't. I just don't like the Falcons ever since they, you know they kind of choked in the Super Bowl. So anyway, give me, <laughs> give me Washington and over in this one. Fair enough. I will say this: both teams win are against the same exact team, and they're both by one point. So they're not exactly convincing victories either. Yeah, I, I wouldn't want to bet on either one, but you know, if I had to, you know, I had a gun to my head, just give me Washington. Call it a day. All right, Malik. I think. The only difference here is the only difference with your thing is, is that one of them was I was I was gonna call that out too that they both they both have victories against the Giants so I don't know what that says about them or about the Giants but um, oh, Washington was Washington was at home and the Giants actually and uh, Atlanta wound up winning that game in New York which was uh, again not expected they were dogs in that game too um, the one thing that Atlanta seems to have seems to struggle mightily with is pushing the ball downfield. And so because of that, I'm going to play, I'm going to take the under on this game because they still don't seem to be able, they don't seem to be able to, you know, stretch, stretch the field. And I don't know if that's a product of just Matt Ryan getting older and not, not trusted or, or just, he doesn't trust his protection up front to push the ball downfield to Calvin Ridley, which is why I haven't seen him have big fantasy games. And although Kyle Pitts is doing, is doing well as a, as a, you know, short area uh, target, um, he's not also not able to get the ball down, get the ball downfield and take advantage of his speed, um, which was his big, which was one of his big uh, calling cards coming into the draft this year. So, um, you know, Atlanta's just not hitting on, on any of their, you know, the expected and explosive plays um, that you expect and Washington at the very least with that defensive line of young and sweat and all those guys, um, they can put some pressure on the quarterback. So I feel like this is going to be a short game, a short area game where Atlanta is going to just be taking advantage of Mike Davis and um, Cordero Patterson and, and all of the, all of the short or short area targets that Matt Ryan has at his disposal. And um, that's why I'm going to take the under on here. I think that's the best play. I think that's actually the best bet, but we don't do best bets on picking the over unders. So to me, the under is the best bet, but I'm going to pick the game. If I'm picking the game, I'm going to pick 
the Atlanta Falcons to cover the spread at home. Um, I don't like, I like home dogs uh, just in general. That's just pretty, it's pretty much a, a normal for me. So um, give me, give me them and uh, I'll take the under. All right. Next up we have Houston at Buffalo. Every game that Buffalo has won this season has been by more than 17 points. The spread in this game is 16 and a half. Buffalo was at home. Houston is pretty terrible. I don't know if Tyrod Taylor is going to play this game. He's pretty banged up. Buffalo run defense is a plus, and they are going to shut down Mark Ingram, who's a little bit older, but not done yet. Uh, Josh Allen has seven touchdowns on the year, one pick. Tyrod Taylor was a game manager, and had he been playing, I would say this is absurd. They're going to lose by more than two touchdowns. Um, I cannot sit here and say that the Bills won't beat them 35 nothing. I can't sit here and say that the Bills won't beat them 28 nothing. I can see both of those as a real possibility. Houston's a warm weather team. It's going to be cold in Buffalo on Sunday afternoon. The Bills could beat them 48 zip and still not hit the over. So I'm going to take the under and I'm going to take the Bills to cover the biggest spread of the week, whereas normally I would not do that. But somehow I think Houston is just that bad. Give me the Bills and the under. Go ahead and What's the spread on that again? 16 and a half. 16 and a half over under 48. You know what? The, the Bills is, is definitely trying to flex their muscles. They're trying to let the NFL know that they actually are around. And they kind of showed that last week. And I'm just going to go take the Bills as well, but I'm taking the over in this one. I think that Texans going to actually show up. And I think Tyra Taylor may actually going to try to play because this is going to be his revenge game because he's coming back to – he's. He's basically playing his former team. So you're going to actually, actually going to see revenge against. Yeah, quite just against the logo itself. You know, you got to you got to use some type of motivation in your team. You're basically quite the Texas is basically labeled as the worst team in the NFL, which they really not. And they actually got a lot of vet, vets on their team. I, I can't count them out on this um in this on this on court matchup here. So, yeah, I'm going to have to get, take the Bills. Still going to win this one. They're going to destroy them. But Texas is going to actually try to – Texas is going to actually try to score. So, just give me the Bills and the over in this one. All right, Malik. Bills in the under, and I'm booking this as my first best bet. Um, look, honestly, <laughs> we, we, we – even at 16 and a half, we, we watched the Davis Mills experiment uh, flame out. Um, and, and honestly, Houston played okay during that game uh, last Thursday night against Carolina. Um, it was actually close the entire, you know, f- for most of the game until uh, a last minute touchdown by the, by the Panthers that, you know, uh, eked, eked it out and uh, gave them the, the win by two touchdowns. Um, Carolina is, I mean, Buffalo is not Carolina. Buffalo can score and they can score a lot. And if Houston plays Tyrod Taylor, um, Tyra Taylor is not an explosive quarterback in terms of he's, he's not, he's a, he's a caretaker. Um, and he's going to run the football and they have, you know, Houston has like 15 running backs. So they're going to run the football, but they don't have much, they don't have much from the receiver, from the receiver perspective. So I don't expect them to be able to score any points. Buffalo is going to get, going to get, you know, high and mighty on them and throw the ball all over the field. Josh Allen's going to have a field day. Uh, this is going to get ugly really, really quick. So I'm going to take uh, Buffalo and I'll take the under because I just don't, I feel like there's going to be a point where Houston just doesn't just stop scoring points and it's just punting to Buffalo who's scoring at will on them. So I'll take Buffalo and the under. All right. Next up, we got the New Jersey football giants at the New Orleans Saints. 
Malik, you're kind of a Saints fan. Go ahead. Wow, the disrespect on both ways. First of the Jersey Giants didn't talk, so he's kind of a Saints fan. Wow. This he's kind of a Saints not, fan. He's more of a Lions fan. I'm a Lions fan. I support, I support and I root for the Saints as my family is all from the from that area. And I have a I have a ton, I actually have some friends and some connections with the with the organization. That oh. said, Can I get that said. Uh no, but I'm gonna go to see. I'm gonna see them when they when they come and play against uh when they come and play against Atlanta. Uh, I'll be watching that game. Uh anyway, um, yeah, there's the the Saints have just been a really interesting team this year. So they've won. Obviously, they're two and one uh, at this point in this point in time. They've won two games that they expect that they everyone expected them to lose, and they lost a game that everybody expected them to win. So, um, not really sure what to make of them, but. I'm pretty sure we know what to make of the Giants, and the Giants are are are, are not good. <laughs> They're just not a good team. Um, Daniel Jones still makes too many mistakes out there. Still puts the ball in the other team's hands too too often. And New Orleans's defense should hold court here at home. Um, in what you know, what is going to be a home game for them? So I'm going to take New Orleans uh, and lay the points here. Spread is seven and a half over under forty three and a half, which basically means that you don't expect the Giants to score very much because at the very least, New, the New Orleans can get up over you know twenty eight to twenty eight to thirty points in, in a good week by by Jameis Winston. They don't really have to have a great week by Jameis Winston in order to be in order to to, to score because they have so many weapons. Um, you know on that team and Taysom Hill is always good for something. So uh, I'm going to take the saints to cover the seven and a half point spread. And I will play the over here. Cause I think it's just a really low, low number of 43 and a half. So I'm going to take the saints and the over. All right. And go ahead. Um, Giants stinks. Saints and under next. All right. Um, I'd go with a clean sweep, but for some reason, I just feel like the Giants are playing really, really hard. Uh, Danny Dimes does have a lot of fumbles, and the Saints' defense is really good. Uh, The Giants really consistently lose a lot of close games, but most of the teams aren't as good as the Saints are on defense. But the Giants are so up and down, and so are the Saints. So I'm going to take the points, and I'm going to hope that the Giants don't get blown out. I don't expect them to win. I just kind of expect them to lose by exactly a touchdown or maybe even like a field goal somehow at the, at the buzzer. So give me the Giants in the under. I think it's going to be 41 points total combined scored. Moving on, we got Kansas City at Philadelphia. I think this is a very obvious pick. Philadelphia is clearly not very good. Their offensive line is destroyed. And I think Kansas City is just going to put them away with a ton of points. Kansas City still has a pass rush. Philadelphia does not. Their defense is so-so. Their their stars on defense are starting to get old, and their secondary is way too young. If Dak Prescott could pick them apart, imagine what Philip Rivers. Imagine what Philip Rivers. Jesus, he's retired. Imagine what um. What's his name? Holmes. Holmes. Mahomes. Mahomes. Imagine what Patrick Mahomes is going to do to him. Mahomes is going to have at least four to five touchdowns. This is my second lock of the week. Give me Kansas City on the road. Lock it in. Go ahead, Ant. Give me the Eagles in the over. Yeah, right. Give me, give me sorry. Yeah, give me Kansas City on the under in this one. I think they're just gonna hold them down just enough. They're just gonna, you know, rest it, rest their starters at about the fourth quarter. But you know, anyway, give me Kansas City in the, in the under in this one. I don't think Philadelphia's gonna do anything. All right, Malik. Yeah, that's a sweep over. here, Kate. The over. 
You take the over. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think I put you in for the over. Um, it's a clean sweep. It's a clean sweep, Casey, in the over. I think the I think the over is the is the, is the play here. Um, I think there's a back end cover on the over. Oh, sorry. I think that, I said under by hit. mistake. I mean over. Sorry, but sorry to cut you off, oh. No worries. I get, I think we get a back end cover on the over, on the on the over um here with with Philly scoring some points. You know, Casey hasn't shown the ability to, you know, lock down teams and stop teams from scoring. Um, they just can outscore you. Um, so. Don't be surprised if this game plays the same way that the other games have played for KC so far this season, where Philadelphia takes a takes an early lead and then Phil, and KC has to, uh, you know, bring bring themselves all the way back from from the brinks of defeat to you know beat a team that they're supposed to be that they're supposed to beat by you know over ten points. So don't be surprised if that does two. happen. What do you, what do you, you were correcting me earlier. The Chiefs are one and two. They lost to Baltimore and the Chargers. Same record as the Bears. They lost the ball. They lost the ball. That's right. They lost the ball tomorrow. All right, one and two, whatever. The Bears right, look that good. We got the same. We're moving on. The Chiefs. We're moving on. Uh, the Chiefs. The Chiefs are a better team, playing better football than uh, than 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 the record. Maybe the record uh, suggests right now at this point. Um, Philly just lost a game that you know most people had them playing a little bit closer with. Dallas um, and they got they got run out the gym so um, expect them to you know you know come out here and try to try to show that, that they're not you know they're not pathetic at all um, but I just don't think that they can keep up with with Kansas City's offense and Kansas City is going to start trying to put teams away pretty quickly because they just can't trust that uh, that they're going to be able to win those games win those games late the way that the way that they have in, in years past so going to take KC and the over here oh make this my lock of the week as well and um also want to add in Casey's like the 72 win bulls. <laughs> wow. I think Kansas City this year is more like the 73 win Warriors. They're going to be great in the regular season and terrible in the finals. Yeah, right. that sounds I mean that. I don't think so. I can see All that right. too. You know. Next up we have the two well, we have the one surprise team of the season so far. We have Anthony's favorite former quarterback <laughs> and the Carolina Panthers taking on. How about them Dallas Cowboys and Dak Prescott? I am going to be going first on this one. The Cowboys are favored by four and a half at home. Carolina and is it Matt Liner? What's the name of that USCQB they got over there, Anthony? You remember his name, right? <laughs> Sam Darnold. I think you have his jersey still tattooed on your back. Uh, no. I'm going to be taking Dallas here because they just have too many weapons. CeeDee Lamb is really pretty unguardable. The Dallas defense has been playing really good. Actually, I've seen how they tore apart Philly. Whenever they have a bad team, they can take it to them. Carolina is good, but they're just not great. I think Dallas is going to be able to get this win, and I, I, I give them a solid win by a touchdown. So give me Dallas at home, and I'll lay the four and a half. And I'm going to take the under here. I think this is the last of the afternoon games. And give me this. No, I'm not going to take this as a lock. And go ahead, Ant. Um, give me Dallas in the over over. Dallas is going to whip that behind. And without uh, Mr. CMC being there, um, Sam Donald's going to revert back to um, 2019, 2020. And he's going to get his behind smack. But anyway, give, give me Dallas. In the over, and that's going to be one of my locks of the week. You're locking this one in? You're locking this one in? Yes. All right. You heard it here, okay. folks. Ants on a roll. Go ahead, Malik. 
<laughs> uh, you would love to see Sam Darnold fall flat on his face now that now that uh, Christian McCaffrey's not out there. And again, it, it may very well happen, but I, I wouldn't be surprised. He, he, they may very well lose this game, but I would not be surprised if they hold court and they're actually able to they're actually able to score a little bit here. I'm going to take Dallas uh, because they're at home and it's four and a half points. If it was six or higher, I probably would take Carolina because I think they'll play it. I think they'll play it relatively close. Um, but at four and a half, I expect Dallas to win the game. And, and, and you know, being that they're at home, I expect them to win by more than more than, you know, one score or at least at least, you know, one full score, six to seven points here. Carolina is a good team. Um, just overall, they're a good team. And Darnold is not a bad quarterback. He is a he's clearly he's a much better quarterback than um, he he showed in New York. And that's not, you know, his fault. Uh, it's, you know, and you've gone on notice to talk about how poorly the Jets were constructed and run and managed over the course of his three years there. Um, he's clearly in a better situation. And even though he's missing his, his number one running back, um, Chuba Hubbard did not look bad uh, in that game against Houston uh, last week. Um, and so, you know, you expect them to, at the very least, you know, put up a comparable uh, offense and defensive strategy to, to, you know, hold down Dallas, but Dallas just has way too many weapons. So I'm going to pick the Cowboys. I'll take the over here as well. I'm sorry. I'm going to take the under uh, Cowboys and the under here um, because I just feel, feel like Dallas is just going to play as play, play well, get 30 points. And it's going to that means you're going to be asking uh, Carolina to get, to get over 20. And I just don't see it yet. So um I'll take Dallas and the under. The only thing I expect is Chuba Howard to give me some nice fantasy points. You really think so? You think he's going to run for some yards against Dallas? Well, I hope so. I'm hoping he gives me at least 20 points this week. You... I think they can use him. They'll use him in the same way that they use Christian McCaffrey. He might he may lack the explosiveness that Christian McCaffrey has, but he'll, I think he'll get the same amount of production in terms of the you know rushing attempts and the targets in the passing game. And you are on some stuff, man. If you really think Chuba Hubbard is going to come in as a rookie and do all that against the Cowboys, but hey, hey, things can happen. Their pass defense is better than their rush defense, so who knows? But Darnold's not a mobile QB, and that's usually who they usually have problems with, as shown last week with uh, Jalen Jalen um, Suggs. Hurts, right. close enough. <laughs> Nobody's going to remember his name. He ain't going to be the starter next year. They were looking to replace homeboy this year by bringing in people to compete, try to push wow. him. It's like they didn't. His old coach in uh, Alabama was trying to claim him. Meanwhile, homeboy had to go transfer to Oklahoma. So I'm like, I'm like Eli on that one. He is an Oklahoma QB. He took them to the uh, college football playoff. Anyways, moving on. We got Seattle and San Francisco, an interdivisional battle and kind of a low-key rivalry over the past 10, 12 years. This has been. And Seattle is on the road, and they are a three-point favorite in San Fran. Jimmy Garoppolo has been above mediocre, but with San Francisco having so many injuries to their running backs, I just don't see it. And the secondary isn't as good as they used to be, especially after they lost that game to Green Bay. And the quarterback battle here is not really a battle because Russell Wilson is so much better than San Francisco's QB, Garoppolo. So I'm going to take Russell Wilson. I'm going to take Tyler Lockett. I'm going to take DK Metcalf and Chris Carson and hope that that defense that still has a couple of the old linebackers from the Legion of Boom. But unfortunately, I think they're and Jamal Adams, who they stole from the Jets, who's making a boatload of money, is finally going to earn his salary and do something with George Kittle, maybe annoy him. 
sing him a song or something, but stop him going down the middle of the field as much as he wants and uh, actually be able to get some coverage from Bobby Wagner and help out too. And I'm going to take Seattle and lay the points. I'm going to take the under on this one because I just don't see San Francisco's defense chipping in enough to get over offense chipping in enough to get over 53 points combined. So give me Seattle and the under on this one. This is my third or fourth lock of the week, I think. Go ahead, Ann. Your third. My third. Let Russ cook. That's what they always keep saying. They were saying it so much last year. But this this game, I'm going to go with San Francisco in this one. And give me the San Francisco in the under. And no, the, um, Seattle did not steal Jamal Adams away from the Jets. The Jets stole those first-round picks away from Seattle. You know, I can see Seattle out there. Like you own it. Huh? You defend that team like you own it. Hey, we own those picks. We own those picks. I'm I'm part shareholder in that. I'm a shareholder. I paid zero dollars and I have zero things on that. But anyway, give me give me San Francisco in this and give me San Francisco in the under. They people keep sleeping on San Francisco just because of Jimmy G's there. Sooner or later, you're gonna see those Trey Lance trickery plays coming in there, two quarterback sets and all this other stuff. But give me San Francisco in this one. I I see them pulling it out. All right, Malik. Hey, man, Kyle Shanahan knows what he's doing. Um, he knows how to put some offense together and, you know, and, 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 you know, put some pieces together. I mean, they almost won that game against Green Bay, um, a game that they probably had no that they had no business being that close in. Everybody expected Green Bay to come in there and, and, and handle business against them. And the defense played defense played OK. Um, and the offense didn't make the mistakes, um, put themselves in a position to to win that football game. Um, Seattle's disappointed me a little bit so far. Um, they lost that game against Tennessee at home when they were ahead most of that game. And then they went into Minnesota and dropped a game there, uh, which was probably the most shocking game of the week for me, uh, seeing them lose that game. Uh, and not only seeing them lose that game, seeing them get to 17 points and get shut down by a Minnesota defense that had stopped nobody to that point this season. So, um, I think there's some 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 real concern here. Maybe it's around it's honestly around the the rushing game um, of, of Seattle. Um, we know what Russ can do. We know what he's all about. We know what these this receiving core is all about. Um, but this is a divisional matchup that I expect to go down to the wire. The one thing that's interesting thing thing here for me here is that you know obviously if Seattle loses this game, they go to one and three, and they're so they're going to be so far behind the eight ball. Because the Rams are not losing anytime soon. The Rams are not losing anytime soon. We're getting ready to go into that into that game really soon too, um, with them against the Cardinals. Uh, so this is this is their opportunity. They they need to win to keep pace with uh, with them. Uh, but I'm going to take San Francisco to win this game outright. I think again this is going to be a division where they're going to be beating each other up pretty pretty handily. Uh, I think Seattle wins if this game was at it was in their house, but it's not it's in San Francisco. Uh, so I'm going to take the 49ers to cover and uh, give the three points here. Oh, make this my oh, lock. Of and the I'll week. take I'll take the under. You're locking this one in it. Yeah, I'm locking so this. It's your fourth. It's gonna be your fourth lock. Okay, cool. All right, your lock of the week records are not so hot, by the way. We really need to be uh, a little more judicial with our uh, picks on those. Don't worry, I'm gonna be changing that. You, you just worry about you know me passing you by because that's what's gonna happen this week. You think you're gonna get another eleven wins? Yes. Don't worry about that. Sooner or later, I'm just going to just decide, you know what, let me take over again. You know, just just go 11 wins in a row on you again. All right. Well, how about you stay in the back seat because I'm in the driver's seat. Good luck. Arizona. Arizona driving us to the wall. LA Rams. 
<laughs> Arizona Cardinals at the LA Rams. The Rams are favored by four and a half, and justly so. They are, look like a dominant team and making Matt Stafford look like an MVP quarterback. And more realistically, Stafford's just giving them enough offense and enough arm, and he's not making as many bad decisions as he was before because he's got more talent around him than he's ever had in his life. Arizona is surprisingly coming through with some really good plays on defense, which was kind of lacking last year. They had that one great game in the first game of the season where they had like four sacks by Chandler Jones alone. Um, I don't expect them to keep that up against the Rams, who have really good protection. Andrew Whitworth somehow like 38-39 or something like crazy like that is still playing great at left tackle for them. Their defense is off the hook. And if they can shut down Arizona's run game and keep Kyler Murray in front of them, I really don't see how much they're going to have much of a threat. Uh, New Hopkins is playing through injuries. And the Rams are not. I think Gerald Everett might be in the um, COVID protocol. That's about it. But aside from that, they have another backup tight end. If Everett is still on that, yeah, he's still on the team, I believe. So mm-hmm. I'm going to take the under, and I'm going to take the Rams. I think they're going to win this game by a touchdown because they're at home and they're a very dominant team at home, and they've shown to shown themselves to be so by who they've played and how they've played them, and especially by beating Tampa Bay the way they did. I don't think Kyler Murray is going to be that much better of a quarterback than Tom Brady was in his third season in the league. He's good, but he ain't that good. Give me the Rams and lock this in as my fourth line of the week. Go ahead, Malik. Uh, I've told people for years, give Matthew Stafford a team to play with, and he will show you what he's capable of doing. He is showing you right now what he is capable of doing with a team to play with, a coach that understands what he that understands and gets him gets him the right into the right position to make the right plays. Um, he's got offensive talent. He's got the defensive talent. He's even got talent on special teams to, to help him out here. Look, there's no reason to believe that they won't they won't run the table here. And I'm not saying they're going to go 17 and 0, but they're they're going to they're going to have a really good season and they're going to win this division. And it's going to start by um, showing Arizona that they're not as good as they think they are. That's just plain and simple. Um, Arizona's three and 0. Um, they've beaten Tennessee, Minnesota, and and they you know, they beat the breaks off of Jacksonville uh, just recently. So, you know, expect that they will. Um, Expect that they'll play hard. Uh, this is again a divisional game. Expect that they'll play hard. Expect that they will uh, come out there and, and give give LA everything that they can give them. Um, but don't expect LA to lose this game. LA is not going to lose a game like this after just coming off of the victory that they had against Tampa Bay. They're rolling right now. I don't see a loss on their schedule yet. Um, that's coming up, and uh, and it's not like they have to look forward to their week five game against Detroit because that just, just oh, that's gonna get really, really ugly, really, really fast. Anyway, I'm, uh, I'm gonna Detroit won that game. I would be very shocked if Detroit won that game. Um, not just because I mean, like, I, like to me, I think Matt Stafford would be throwing them a bone if they did that. But anyway, um, uh, I'm going to take the Rams here. I'm locking this in as my third lock of the week, uh, taking the Rams. I'll be watching this game uh, as I've seen every Rams game thus far this season. And I've really enjoyed watching um, this team work and when watching Matt Stafford cook, um, you know, in, in, a, in a better situation. So I'm going to take the Rams. Uh, I, I am a fan of Kyler Murray. Uh, he's on two of my fantasy teams this year. So I have been watching him intently and he's definitely in on the short list of uh, MVP uh, candidates in this, this season. So this is going to be just a really interesting quarterback matchup, but in the end, take Aaron Donald, 
uh, Jalen Ramsey and the defense of the LA Rams and, and expect them to, to make, to make a couple of good plays here to, uh, to keep things, keep things uh, in the hands of Matt Stafford and expect the Rams offense to continue doing what it's doing. Uh, looks like Daryl Henderson might be back. He was out last week. Um, and so the rushing, rushing offense did not look very good with Sony Michelle as the lead back of the, of the Rams against again. Well, again, it was against the Bucks, so you know, expect you know that that's to be expected with how great the Bucks defense uh, against the run is. Um, but if Henderson isn't back, then uh, I expect this is going to be all on the arm of Matt Stafford, and I think he can get it done. But um, that's the only that's the only pause I have is that I really feel like Henderson, you know, gives the team a different dynamic that uh, Sonny Michelle just doesn't give them. So, uh, all that said, I'm still going to take the Rams, and I'm going to take the. Over, I'm sorry, uh, the under on this 54 and a half is just way too high. All right. Next up, we have the afternoon game of the week for some reason. Hey, there you Ant, Ant didn't give his pick for Ant, the Rams. Who are you gonna pick? I'm sorry. Well, I'm gonna I pick the Rams and the over, you know, but still. <laughs> oh, okay. I've, I've been saying this for the since the so beginning, I though. I do like to add this part. I, I've been saying this before the season started. Malik doesn't want to admit it, or he will, he will try to shy away from it. But Matthew Stafford will be the MVP of this year. And I mean, uh, I, I believe it. I just don't want to jinx it. I don't want to jinx it. I believe that it can happen. I just don't want to jinx it. I've been believing wanna, that since he since he got since he got traded there. I know they want to give it to somebody who's not over the age of uh, thirty five. What do you mean, Tom Brady? No, they're gonna give it. They're gonna give it to Jared. They're gonna give it to Josh Allen. Watch. No, no I'm. I'm, I'm going with Matthew Josh Stafford, Allen, and I'm also gonna double down on the on the Rams. I'm gonna have them in the. I'm actually having them in the Super Bowl now. Let Malik Buffalo have the best record it, in the I AFC. Will. The Bills are gonna be 15 and two or 14 and three, and they're gonna be like Josh Allen MVP. Nah. All right. But anyway, give me the Rams or the over. All right. Next up, we have the last game. We're going to be picking the last afternoon game, Baltimore at Denver. Baltimore is favored by one point on the road, which is basically makes this one a pick them, which means Baltimore will be favored by four, four and a half at home. The over-under for this game is 44 and a half. Both of these teams have great defenses, although Baltimore is up without a lot of their corners, um, guys that they need to win and be able to press coverage. I will say KJ Hamler is playing pretty well for Denver. Um Who's the other receiver? The Jerry Judy is out on IR. So they are, excuse me, without some offensive weapons. And Melvin Gordon just has not been his usual self from when he was with the Chargers. Baltimore has been able to run the ball pretty much consistently. And with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and make this picture. I think it's pretty obvious. I'm going to take Baltimore and I'm going to lay that one point. I'm going to take the under. And it's 44 and a half. And I think I'd probably say about nine or 10 out. 10 or 11 of these games this week out of 16 are going to be under, and this is going to be another one. This is going to be a super low-scoring game. Um, I don't see Baltimore making too many mistakes and giving too many uh, chances for him to run, and it's going to have to grind this one out with Mark Andrews and Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is going to be able to pull this one through because Teddy Bridgewater is good, but he just cannot run. He's very much an immobile quarterback, and he's going to be in that pocket. He can get out of trouble, but he's not running down the field and breaking away on anybody. Baltimore's pass rush is a little bit off, which is why I think they're literally, because they only have to win by two points, I think they can do it. So give me Baltimore on this one. And Ant, you can go ahead. Um, I like Teddy Bridgewater. He's a, he doesn't make mistakes. He might not be, you know, he might not be on, what's his name, Jackson, Lamar Jackson, but he actually, he's actually a very um, efficient quarterback and he keeps that team together. 
even though that team will be totally would lost. On have, the would you rather have him or Zach Wilson? I already have Zach Wilson. So but, I guess um, you don't like him that much. Can I finish my point? <laughs> even though I usually never have a point. But anyway, um, he might not be Aaron Rodgers or whatever like that, but he he can definitely hold that team together. Um, it's very this is gonna be very hard to pick, even though I know you, that you you just automatically just gonna pick Baltimore, but I have a feeling that, that um Denver is actually gonna pull this out. So I'm gonna go with Denver and the under in this one. Really? It's more yeah. the fact of I, I'm looking at the wide receivers, right? And that's the area where they could take advantage of the Ravens the most. And they just don't have very good wide receivers. Like Cortland Sutton is their number one receiver right now. And that's why I'm like, oh, the one place where they have an advantage, I don't see what they're going to do. Jerry Judy's hurt. There's a reason why they drafted him first round. No offense playing really well for a tight end. He's outplaying his draft position in most fantasy leagues. Tim Patrick is good, but he's just not great. His best year was last year, and he's probably going to improve on that, but I don't see this being a big game for him. And Melvin Gordon is, you know, he's averaging four and a half yards a carry, but he's not getting a lot of touches. He's splitting carries with, um, I think it's Jamal Williams or Javante, Javante Williams, right? The thing is that he doesn't need so, to be, um, you know, he doesn't need to be all world. Yeah, but you're going to have to score a lot to beat Baltimore, as we saw last week. Baltimore. That defense is good. Against, and Baltimore got scared last week, and I think they're going to be very focused this week going into Denver. So right. unless they have issues with the altitude, I, I mean, I'm not saying, listen, I'm not, I wouldn't be shocked if Denver won, but, you know, Denver is 3-0. and but Denver's three wins are against the Giants, Jacksonville, and the Jets. So let's keep it 100. Like, those aren't exactly the top teams in the league. I think they have one win between those three teams, right? The Ravens mm-hmm. have beaten the Lions, and they've beaten Kansas City. So each win has been by one point, and they lost to Vegas by six. So I think that, let's put it like this. Denver's as good as the uh, Raiders are, so but their offense isn't as good. And they're more banged up because it's the fourth game of the season. And nobody's 100% anymore. So that's why I'm leaning on Baltimore. Yeah, See what Wait. Yeah. I was just going to ask, how many more games are after this one? This is it. Just one. We got oh, one, Pittsburgh and Green Bay. We did Pittsburgh Green Bay. No, we didn't. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> we didn't thought, do that. I, I thought we did. Not only am I picking Denver, I'm locking in Denver as my fourth lock of the week here really? on this one. Yeah, yeah look, this is, there, there is a reason why the Denver Broncos works, but where why the the talk at the beginning the, the, during the offseason was if the Denver Broncos were to get Aaron Rodgers, they are a Super Bowl contender because this defense is very good, and the offense just needs a kick a, a kick in the a kick in the ass to 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 move things forward. Well, Teddy Bridgewater might be a kick in he might not be a kick in the ass, but he doesn't make mistakes. To Anthony's point, he doesn't make mistakes. He doesn't put the ball on the ground, and he protects the football and gives his offenses an opportunity to win football games. He didn't have a great defense last last year in Carolina, and that's the reason why Carolina didn't win didn't didn't go to the playoffs. Um, you know, it's not because Harry Bridgewater doesn't give them a chance. He always gives you a chance to win the games. And so for that, for that being said, um, Denver being a <clears throat> being a one point favorite, I feel like this this game is just gonna play is gonna play into their hands. Baltimore did not. I watched every single snap of that Baltimore Detroit game. As you guys know, I'm a huge, huge Lions fan. I watched every single snap of that game. And what I watched from Baltimore was two things. One, they can't run if it's not Lamar Jackson. That's number one. And number two, um, 
because of the injuries that they've had they've had in the backfield. And number two, Lamar Jackson is still having problems uh, locating the ball and pinpoint and having some pinpoint accuracy with his receivers. Um, if Denver can play and get some pressure on Lamar and contain those gaps so that he can't break out huge, huge runs against them, they're going to force Baltimore into third and long situations. And they're just going to ask, they're going to, you're going to make um, Lamar, you know, make throws and push the ball down the field and make, make throws in tight windows. Lamar still hasn't shown his, shown the natural, the actual ability to do that on a consistent basis. So I think this game plays really, really close because Denver's going to keep it really, really close. And I think Denver, Denver pulls out a, a victory uh, with a field goal at the end of the game. So I'm going to take Denver and I'm going to lock this in. Uh, and I'm going to put this in as, in, as Denver and uh, the under for me. I think you're going to regret that pick. Um, Rashad Bateman and Miles Boykin have been activated off of IR. I don't know if either of them are going to play, but that bodes well that they may have one of them as a weapon because Marquise Brown has had a lot of drops. Although I will give Sammy Brown, Sammy Watkins some credit. And I think uh, Latavius Murray, given more time to practice with the team, is going to overtake Tyson Williams in the backfield. And the offensive line injuries for Baltimore are concerning because Ronnie Stanley has not been practicing this week and he's the starting left tackle. And they're still unsure if he's going to play. So I get, I get your, uh, I get your Denver pick. I just can't believe you're locking it in, but we're going to finish up with Pittsburgh at green Bay. Green Bay is the second best team in the NFC so far. Um, The only team ahead of them really would be probably either they're tied with Tampa Bay, in my opinion, and the Rams are a little bit ahead of them. Green Bay finally has a really good defense. And Aaron Jones is playing phenomenal at running back. A.J. Dillon is coming in with a good change of pace, just kind of a thumper, running up the middle. Um, Pittsburgh defense, I thought was going to be better after that first game against Baltimore. But I will say this, Ben Roethlisberger is cooked. He is done. My man is a burger. Um, It's over for him. He is too old. He's been doing this too long. And they have no succession plan. And they really better hope Josh Dobbs, or whoever that dude was that got hit in the head with a helmet a couple years ago can uh, do something for them because Mason Rudolph, I don't, he don't deserve to have his name said here. Uh, he better sit down before he falls down Roethlisberger because Green Bay is covering all seven of these points. Give me Green Bay as my lock of the week. They woke up, they realized what their strength was and they know what they got to do. I think that game, get that first loss against New Orleans was a fluke. And Aaron Rodgers was right. He just ain't have it. And I think he has it now. So give me Green Bay and I'll lay those points. And I'm going to take the over. That's how confident I am. It's 45 and a half. This is, gonna be, this is going to be one of the few games that people are going to think is going to be low scoring that's going to go over. So give me the over on this one. Go ahead, Malik. So I, I can't say that Ben Roethlisberger is cooked and then take the over because I just don't think that they're going to be able to score many points in this game against, against Green Bay, even though I don't think Green Bay's defense is that good. So uh, I mentioned uh, earlier, earlier on, when we did the Minnesota game that Kirk Cousins is top three in QBR in the entire NFL this season after three games. Well, here's the bottom five quarterbacks in, in QBR in the, in the NFL right now. And Anthony, I apologize ahead of time. Number 33 is Zach Wilson. Uh, his QBR currently <laughs> is 21.9. Number 32 damn, is Trevor Lawrence. His QBR is currently 23.1. Matt Ryan's pulling up the rear number 31 QBR of 34.6. And the wow. great Ben Roethlisberger is at 35.5 QBR. He's so, 30th in the entire NFL. What you mean um, to tell me right. is he's behind Justin Fields and Andy Dalton. 
Yes, he is behind Justin Fields. He is behind Andy Dalton. He is behind Davis. He is behind Davis Mills. He is behind Daniel Jones. He is behind Carson Wentz. So Ben Roethlisberger uh, has played probably the worst football of his career, probably worse than he played as a rookie. Um, He is really struggling right now, and so just because of that, you just it's just hard to see Pittsburgh winning any any games where they are not. Um, decided favorites as a defensive team. Uh, and they're playing up against one of the best quarterbacks in, in the history of the NFL. Aaron Rodgers just knows how to carve teams and how carve teams up, pick teams apart. And that offense is playing some really incredible football at this point. So there's no way I can take Green. I can take uh, Pittsburgh, even though I can't stay in the Packers. I will just take Green Bay to cover um, to cover their spread here at seven. And I will take the over as well because I think uh, worst case Green Bay just covers it on covers it on their own and lets Pittsburgh score like like 13, 15 points to do so. So I'm gonna take Green Bay and the over. One thing I want to point out, um, Ben Roethlisberger is two years older than Aaron Rodgers. That is the greatest two-year gap I've ever seen in skill level in the history of any sport. He is two years older than that man. He looks, <laughs> I just want everybody to pay, he's two, two years older. This guy was the MVP last year. Roethlisberger looked pretty good. And he came back and said, let's go do it one more time. I think the offensive line changes are really affecting him. And his skill set is just not, it's just not there. And their receivers are banged up. Two years. It looks, he looks like, it's like James Harden. No, not even that old, even older. It looks like uh, Kwame, no, let me put it, current NBA player. He looks like Dwight Howard trying to guard Joel Embiid. That's how far in age this looks. It looks that uneven. Go ahead, Ann. Um, there was a long time ago, ages ago, when the um the NFL draft was around, and nobody cared about it that much. Only the NFL fans. Mm-hmm. I remember going with Malik and a couple and a other friend. We went to Madison Square Garden. Madison Square Garden. That's where the draft was at. At the theater. This is a long time ago. This is way before it became popular. And guess who got drafted there? Big Ben Rosenberger. Him, Eli Manning, and Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers is gone. I don't know what he's doing right now because I wasn't keeping up with him. I don't know. in high school. Whatever. And who cares? <laughs> and Eli Manning, he, he grew a personality. You know, he's, he became very funny, you know, with his middle fingers and stuff. Ben Rosenberger, he should have been gone a long time ago, but his first bird, baby. Yeah, they just beating up. They just beating the stuff. They just beating beating the drum over there. But I remember a long time ago when when Rosenberger first won his championships, riding the bus. People, a lot of people who's who's um, around these days, they don't even remember who who the bus is. They think it's an actual bus. Not yeah, they think it's an actual bus. Yeah, that's how old Rosenberger is. I know. I know he's you know he's just like what you said, two years older than than yeah. Aaron Rodgers. It's it's the difference between being born in nineteen eighty. One and 1983. That's wow. it. It's 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 really that simple. It feels like ancient times, but um, I'm sorry, 82. No, I'm sorry. He was born in March of 82. Ben Roethlisberger and Aaron Rodgers is born in December of 1983. Aaron Rodgers is going to be 38 in December, which means he's literally a year younger than him. I apologize, folks. He's currently it, 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 he's it, like it, a year and a half younger than him. It shows you how, how, you know, his body has broken down. He's not the same Ben Rosberger as before or whatever that, you know, that could just shove off people and, you know, do his thing and, you know, carry the team. I don't see this. I don't see this going well. 
give me green, green give me green, give me the Packers and the over. And I was gonna I was gonna pick the last game as you know, one of my locks for Denver, but I decided to save this one. Give me this as my lock of the week. Give me Green Bay and the over in this one. I'm sorry, but yeah. Aaron Rodgers is just dusting off. All he was just doing is just dusting off Russ. He's gonna start, you know, start the beat down. It's gonna start with him. Give me the lock of the week. And I can't wait to see Eli Manning make some more jokes and stuff like that with his brother Payton. This is the only game that we have all agreed on. That is also all of our locks of the week. I'd like to point that out to the listeners and to us. And we get to see if we could see um Eli Manning and Peyton Manning at the same time. We get to see where Ben Rosberger should be right now in the booth. Mm. Mm-mm-mm-mm. I don't think I want to see him there either, but okay. Yeah, I don't want to see rapists in the booth either, but you know, whatever. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Next up, we have allegedly, allegedly. Next up, we have our shout outs. And are you ready with your shout outs for this week? I'm just gonna give one little shout out. Give, I'm just gonna give a shout out for Netflix for coming up with that that awesome Korean um TV show. And I'm actually starting to get into Korean TV shows now. I know there's nothing to do with sports, or whatever, but whatever. I'm gonna shout out to the Squid Game. That that's an awesome, awesome show. If you haven't seen it, definitely go see it. I'm gonna check Korean that guys out. can write, but yeah, that's an awesome show. That's my only shout out. That's the only thing I care about this week. Shout out to that. All right. Oh, shout out to BYU too. All right, Storm and Mormons. Malik, go ahead. Uh, so I've got two quick shout-outs. Number one, shout-out to Kyrie Irving for sticking it to the man and saying, I, damn it, I will not be vaccinated. I decide I'm not going to uh, comply with whatever NBA protocols. And, and and you know what? Be committed. Do it, man. Don't, don't, don't abide by NBA protocols and miss every single game of the Brooklyn Nets of the Brooklyn Nets season at home this year plus any of the games where they have to go to uh, to, to LA plus any of the games where they have to go to plus the games when they have to go to Sacramento plus the games when they have to go to to uh, Golden State just miss them all cuz you know what's going to happen that's going to be another year where the Brooklyn Nets don't win us don't win a championship and that's exactly what what everybody that what everybody that's a fan of the Knicks wants to see we don't yeah. want to see Brooklyn win the championship you guys are favored to win the championship and you won't win the championship if Kyrie Irving doesn't play 43 43 games and loses out on 17 million dollars in salary because guess what's going to happen on top of that Kyrie's going to get hurt in the other 40 in the other 38 games that he's actually supposed to play he's going to miss some of those games too so this is just going to be great Kyrie is only going to play like 12 games this season he's going to be perfectly fine he's going to be perfectly healthy but he's not going to be allowed on the team buses he's not going to be allowed on the team planes and Kyrie shout out to you stick it to the man you don't want to get you don't want to get vaccinated don't get vaccinated and just stay off stay off the court because damn it I don't want to see you either so um yeah <laughs> just 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 stay away okay <laughs> so that's number that's one super genuine that's number one and number two shout out to the courts and everybody for finally finally getting bringing an end to the Robert Kelly aka R Kelly saga the man's going to jail and he's going to drop a ton of soap in there and he's going to sing a ton of songs in there and it's going to be perfectly fine. My, my wife, and my daughter, my wife and my daughter showed me a video of um, little Nas X. I believe it was a uh, little Nas X video recently where he's in prison. And uh, as everybody knows, little Nas X is gay um, and he's in prison 
and like he's like doing this like dance number in prison and everybody's naked and it's like it's it's a really disturbing video to watch <laughs> to watch from my end but that's the first thing i thought about when i was like oh r kelly's going to jail yes this is gonna be awesome <laughs> look wow. um Shout out, shout out to the courts for getting it right. I mean, yeah, he's obviously been taking advantage of the situation for, for far too long. Um, and it's it's about time you got to just do. So shout out to his, shout out to the courts for getting this done, for the jury for making sure that this 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 all gets handled and taken care of. And I hope that we never have to hear from him again. You know, it's unfortunate because I haven't been able to dance to step in the name of love at any at any wedding for the last like nine years, which you know kind of sucks because the song is actually pretty good. Um, and I haven't listened, I've had to get rid of my best of both worlds CD. You know, that's that sucks. And like you know, there's there's a bunch of stuff that you know he was he was connected to that I now just can no longer listen to in any way, shape, or form. Um, which sucks, uh, which sucks to some degree, but uh, I'm happy to know that he's 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 getting his just due. And just as Bill Cosby gets out, R. Kelly goes in. I wish they could both stay stay where the hell they are, but uh, let 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 Bill ride out, you know, ride out the last of his days, while R. Kelly rides, you know, goes goes right into the cell where Bill vacated. So, peace out to you, R. Kelly. Um, don't let the door hit you where where the good Lord split you, and uh, you know, don't uh, you know. Don't don't drop the soap, or you know what? Do drop the soap because uh, I'm sure there's plenty of plenty of plenty of people in there that are ready to, yeah, you know, ready to show you what it feels like to be on the other side of uh, of abuse. Yeah, he's wow. gonna be getting stuck step in the name of love in jail. They're gonna be really they playing that song in there. They're gonna step in the name of love, or you know, he's gonna really. Okay. Play. He looks, he's facing you know more charges in, in two more states. Not I do, and honestly, yeah. I've, I've been having to check people on playing this music at work. I was like, what is wrong with y'all? I said, are you serious? This uh, this younger these this uh, Gen Z kid that I was working with, she was playing this music. I was like, all right, you can play whatever you want, just not that. I'm like, nah, I'm not having it. I mean, um, it used to play accidentally, like when you would play when you. Like, no, it was on Apple her music. Would, like it was on her. Playlist. Yeah, like Apple Music had a playlist every once in a while that used to play accidentally, and I had like skip stuff, and then I had to even send an email to Apple that I like, listen, please just stop, stop playing this guy. I think because I can't get to the skip button fast enough. Um. And they eventually did. Eventually, like R. Kelly just does not show up with anything that you, any playlist that you ever, that you put on Apple yeah. Music any longer, which is perfect. All right. Well, I got, I got my two quick shout outs. Shout out to the Chicago Bears for um, trying to become the Arlington, Illinois Bears for buying a former racetrack in Arlington, Illinois, and trying to move out to the Burbs because, you know, Chicago is no longer their identity. I'm tired of all of these NFL teams moving out of the cities that made them famous and still want to use these names, acting as if people ain't going to notice. As someone who was born and raised in New York City, it always annoyed the hell out of me that the Jets and Giants never played there, or at least when they did, I wasn't even born yet. Giants used to play in Harlem, and the Jets used to play in Queens, and it worked out perfectly fine, and they could have bought that stadium. But when the neighborhood got too black, they got out. And you know what? For the Bears, I wish I would stay there. I'm not even from Chicago, but I've always been a big fan of that team, and I thought it was cool that they played downtown and off of the Navy Pier and everybody could go. And they have even a huge parking lot where they can tailgate, which is, I think, is dope. And I want to go there so I can go to a home game. I've only seen them on the road in Buffalo, and I've seen them in uh, old Giant Stadium a couple of times. But um, I may have to go there before they move because I am damn sure not going to be giving them money to go see them go play in Arlington. I'd probably pay a bunch of money to go see them in the Super Bowl if I ever get a chance to do that because I missed 06. But I will not be doing that. And shout out to my Knicks who I think are actually going to make a real run in the playoffs this year. It's not even the NBA. It's NBA preseason camps have opened up, and somehow they are not being talked about, and I actually enjoy it because that means that 
Knicks fans aren't overly optimistic and we're not too pessimistic. We're right where we need to be. We know we're a playoff team. We could be a top four team in the East. We know Philadelphia is going to be worse because they're going to be losing Ben Simmons. Um, they're going to have to give up draft picks, probably get rid of this dude who thinks he's who's a diva who can't shoot or just won't shoot and wants to play the game his way. So we'll see how that works out for him. And uh, I just love the fact that the Knicks aren't being talked about and no one's sweating us that much for first time in a long time. And we're not a joke on ESPN because they really be trying to dog us out. And I want to see how the geriatric Lakers are going to play because as old as that team is, I want to see them do it for all of us old guys here. Cause I'm about to be turning 40 soon and shout out to them for putting the super old team and Russell Westbrook, who's going to give us the best 82 game regular season he's ever played in his life and probably have a triple double with LeBron James on the court. And they're going to be like, he's still stat on, but I'm here for all of it. I'm looking forward to the NBA season and shout out to the BC Eagles for being four and and actually having a chance to challenge the ACC title and take down Clemson in Clemson. If they beat Clemson, oh my God, I'm actually going to have to get become a BC football fan. And that is it for oh, me. How Wake Forest is 4-0 in the ACC and is only and is and is and is 24th in the country. Yeah. And Clemson is two and two and is 25th. It shows you how mediocre is the, the ACC beyond me. is. Yeah. It, the Freaking beyond mean nothing. Me. <laughs> the rankings mean nothing. That's how you, that's well, one, the SEC has one number one, two, one, they, they're one number one and number two. They're still saying how mediocre the Pac 12 is, even though Oregon looks pretty dope. But it's really because once you have a big brand school lose, like Texas got dogged out by Arkansas, and then Arkansas went and beat Texas AMs. So now they're real deal. You beat all these schools that spend a bunch of money, and now you're it. Boise State's lost a bunch of games. Um, UCF is doing pretty good. Cincinnati's doing good. And that's just how college football rolls, man. This is wild. It don't make no sense to nobody. It's not really about the wins. It's about who we want to win. At all. If they win, then, then they don't. That's exactly. it for us, folks. And please listen on our Patreon. Um, that's going to be at patreon.com, the Uptown Parlay pod, the Uptown Parlay. I got to get that down. Uptown Parlay and follow us on Twitter at the Uptown Parlay podcast and on IG at the Uptown Parlay podcast. You can find us on those platforms, see our picks, see me post my tickets that I've been putting in at Twin River. And uh, good luck to everybody in their bets. I hope all your lines are either over or under, and you bet the over or under that you want to see. Put that $5 lottery ticket and put in the 10-game parlays like I posted last week. You never know, man. All it takes is a dollar and a dream. And we out. Peace out. Is that copyrighted? Anyway, peace out.